is up, Devils fans? It's your boy, Neil Villapiano. Make sure you check out the Devils State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. From Taylor Hammer Porkroll to how much we hate the Rangers, we got you covered. New episodes every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Hockey Podcast Network website. And always remember to rock on. Woo! Hey everybody, welcome to episode 73 of <coughs> Red Wings Rant. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of Okay, I see what we're doing. We're still taking shots. Alright, uh, welcome to Red Wings Rant, where we're going to uh, give you all the, uh, what did I write? Uh, tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings now have a home. Uh, every Monday, Red Wings Rant, we are going to... Go over all the Red Wings news, which, uh, Mike, today we're going to make a point of how little news there actually is to discuss. We've been Um, scouring the headlines. There's nothing out there. (laughs) We're going to promote next week's episode. Um, (laughs) Something might happen next week. You never know. We are found on Twitter at POD Hockey. I am Clink Matt, at Clink Matt. That is uh, at Michael underscore Clink. Uh, we also have a wrestling podcast. We hope you guys will check out if you are wrestling fans. Uh, it looks like, Mike, we're going to go back-to-back weeks and me going on a rant, a wrestling rant. That's what we should do. We should just call wrestling ourselves rant. the Rant Brothers. We yeah. do wrestling rants, Red Wing rants. The rant. We could do uh, ro- like rosé rants. We can buy a bunch of bottles of rosés and oh. go against, <laughs> talk about the ones we don't like. Um, Ooh, candied pecan rants. I found some really good ones, and I want to rant about them. I'm sorry, what I'm not, are we ranting about? Uh, candied pecans. Ah, oh, right, because that starts with an R, or has an R sound, like wrestling, ah, Red Wings, and Rose Sorry, uh, Ra- Randy Recons. Here we go. Back in the list are Randy All right. Recons. All right. Anyways, Delicious, uh, you can find uh, that show at Nuts. You can find that show at BOD Podcast on Twitter. We also have a joint Instagram account that uh, we ha- I had some fun this week making some uh, hockey memes that uh, that exploded a couple times. So check those out at brothers underscore of underscore discussion and uh, website yeah. brothersofdiscussion.com and BODpodcast.com. Check everything out there. Uh, as you heard at the top of the show, it's the Hockey Podcast Network uh, is, is where we're running this show through. That is the hockeypodcastnetwork.com and found on Twitter at hockeypodnet. And, uh, yeah, let's roll right in. Mike, uh, I, I spoke with Hayden Carter, uh, who also works with the Hockey Podcast Network, but he is a part of the brand new show that is just absolutely blowing up. I don't understand how our show didn't blow up on YouTube once we started putting it on there, but uh, he's, uh, uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I just called him Hayden Carter, didn't I? It's Hayden Carpenter. I did it in our interview and I thought about just deleting the entire intro. Uh, but I want you guys to tune in next week. He does uh, the Brits on Bruins. And now the Exploding Show, uh, the Euro Puck Podcast, where uh, him and uh, his buddy Chris are actually dissecting all of European hockey. Uh, and it's just, it, it's a really good show for getting to know what's going on uh, in hockey outside of North America. Um it's it was a good time uh, an opportunity to ask about some prospects and uh, because i'm going on vacation that was supposed to be our episode this week i'm going to push it to next week and we're going to get a a regular old 
Red Wings rant episode out right now. Uh, yeah. so I apologize uh, to everybody that would rather listen to uh, Hayden, uh, also known as Odd Man Rush on YouTube, uh, discuss, you know, Philip Zadina kind of things. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> playing over in the check. Uh, we we had we had we had a pretty deep conversation. Um, they have uh, they 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 brought some things to my attention that um, on, on their first episode that I, that got me kind of excited about some Red Wings prospects. So uh, you guys want to tune in next week for that. This week uh, we're gonna <laughs> without really any Red Wing news. Last week was was pretty heavy with uh, Fabry getting Huge. signed and Mike Green retiring. We we had some fun. Um, but this week, we're just going to kind of, let's just wrap up the conference finals that are going down right now. Um, you've got Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights, Mike. Uh, you've got 21-year-old Miro Heiskanen, 21 points in 16 games as a defenseman. If Dallas wins, I guarantee he's winning uh, <laughs> He's winning the cons. I almost said the Vesna. He's winning the cons, Mike. Um, and like, no, no doubt in my mind. Uh, but you've also got Robin Lehner versus Anton Kudobin. And I, I think it's funny now that I looked up the stats that um, it's been such a huge controversy in Vegas of whether or not Mark Andre Fleury or Robin Leonard should be in. And Leonard, <clears throat> when you look at the entire NHL, uh, there aren't many goalies uh, that have made it through the playoffs that are doing much better. So yeah, should be should be Robin Leonard all the way, but. Uh, and then you take a look at the other side of Danton, and he's got a 909 save percentage. So I, I just, like, to me, it kind of looks like uh, with Vegas being this team that'll just pepper the net, and they, I mean, they run at 100 miles an hour. Um, the only thing I think is... On ice. Feel... Yeah. That's dangerous. You could break your nose doing that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I... I, I can really like caution the Vegas Knights on is just them hurting themselves because we've already seen it in the past rounds um, and and in some past games and when they go from having a three one lead and going to game seven a, a good portion of that happening was was due to some uh, boneheaded plays uh, so I I just I'll say I think we were all saying at the beginning of the season Vegas versus Tampa Bay. And yeah. uh, it kind of looks like we're headed that way. So I, I'm yes. still sticking with Vegas, um, yeah. going over Dallas. Um, Same thing uh, going going to New York Islanders versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, so, you know, I uh, was looking at some of the you know uh, weeping weeping hearts, if you will, about oh no, Tampa Bay's had like a seven day layoff. Yeah, they're gonna be rusty, <laughs> and I I don't think that's gonna be the case. Uh, kind of looking at you know bubble sports uh like taking a step back it kind of feels like the teams that have had some actual time off um you know to not just be in that that day-to-day -day grind game grind game grind game uh, they're doing they're doing pretty well i i i gotta think this is actually going to be an advantage for tampa to have like a little bit of a break in these bubble games because I, I think it's like the physical wear and tear of, of hockey every day, I think uh, Islanders might come in a little bit pummeled. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, the mental grind I think is a little bit tougher uh, because all you're do all you're doing is staring at that same ice rink 
you know, day after day, it's your hotel and the ice rink, hotel, ice rink. Uh, I, I, I think that Tampa was actually had some time to maybe talk to their families, uh, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, have some, have some time to be a human instead of just being a hockey robot. Um, and I guess the other two other things I was going to bring up is one, I, I hate that they keep bringing up, Ooh, maybe Stamkos will come back. And I, I just, at this point, I can't believe Tampa's even like, you know, trying to count those chickens. Like he's, he's out. I just, you know, I wouldn't count on it. I think they're doing fine without him. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to ask you is just sizing up this series. If you're going to, you know, fantasy draft, uh, you know, like maybe top six total players from both teams would the top three picks not be from Tampa? Mm. If you're going, you know, like Point, Kucherov, I guess, and maybe Vasilevsky. Like, yeah, I, I, that that's a that's actually a, a wonderful question because <clears throat> you'd have to like make rules to make sure that I picked like Matt Barzell. Um, yeah, I mean Josh Bailey's having a good uh, you know playoff run, but. I, right, but if you're I, if you're building a team, yeah, I think I think you're right about that. I think I think you pretty much take what's going on. You could take Tampa's. I, I mean, it they're they really are rolling through the NHL the last few seasons because they are that damn good. I mean, I I would take Vasilevsky. I would take Kucherov, uh, Victor Hedman. I mean, is easily if you're making those lists of like best defensemen in the league which uh, I was going through some of those to get some opinions on this year's uh, uh, redraft that we're going to do for 2013. Victor Hedman's number one. I mean, and that's, that's obvious, but I, I'm just saying, uh, I think, I think you make a great point. I, I, I don't know how, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you kind of make any other point than, than just to say, yeah, take the first line for Tampa Bay, take their first defensive pairing. And then, uh, Take Vasilevsky. I, I, I think it's I think it's a pretty easy decision. Um, and like you said, uh, Josh Bailey having a good playoffs. But if you're building a team, I'm gonna take Braden Point over Josh Bailey. That's you know, easy peasy. Um, Lemon squeezy. I think it's I think it's tougher when you're kind of like saying Matthew Barzell or Braden Point because we, we I, I don't know if anybody could point and say um, at either one of those guys and say they're consistently the top player uh, on their, their, their NHL franchise. But I, I think if you were building out and, uh, and just taking a look at what's going on recently, I think you still, you could play recent, you could play what happened last season and the, and the production is still higher for Braden point. So I, it's just that Matt Barzell thing still seems kind of juicy. It still seems like there's there's some more potential to be dug out from from what his his skill set and uh, his attribute levels are at right now. If we're if we're talking, I'm saying attribute levels as if we're, he's a hockey or a, a video game. But uh, I, you know, I, yeah. I think even even from that perspective, I'm still I'm still pretty confident. Yeah, that. Uh, that comment you made is is uh, I, I I that was a wonderful question. I haven't considered it before, but yeah, I think you would just go top down, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning players. But uh, I was actually going to point out that the defensive team is the Islanders, but they I mean they had their struggles against Philly. So I just kind of look at Tampa Bay right now, having played you know they they just won two straight series in five games. I mean they also just shut down the Boston Bruins. 
who have yeah. the perfection line is what it's called. So, uh, <laughs> I think I think it's pretty safe to say that Tampa will be fine uh, against the Islanders, and good for the Islanders making it this far. But uh, this just kind of feels like the year for Tampa. Like maybe we're not gonna look back at the Stanley Cup playoffs and go, "This is this was how hockey should be played." Um, but I, I think this is an opportunity for teams like Tampa Bay to just get it out of the way. You know, like uh, you've already seen like Pittsburgh Penguins uh, getting mentioned in this idea that they just wanted to get out of there. So could it be said that there's other teams that just want to get out of there and they're not trying as hard? Maybe. But I think when you watch Tampa just destroy uh, Columbus and then Boston, I, I, I don't know. It just looks like, all right, they're finally... You know, I say finally as if they haven't been making it to the Eastern Conference Finals <laughs> over the last, uh, you know, what, five to ten years. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I think it just it just makes sense. I think this, with, with what's going on, I think this just is that year where you're going to get, you know, the two best teams, the two teams that everybody was kind of pointing at at the beginning of the season are just going to make it. So, yeah, I, Golden Knights, yeah. Tampa. This is a, this is a special season, too, where uh... – I, I know, like, if you watch, uh, like, baseball, and then there's, like, an umpire for the regular season, and then there's an umpire for the playoffs, and it definitely kind of feels a little tilted sometimes toward one team or the other. Yeah. Um, or if you watch the NBA, and, you know, suddenly, uh, uh, you know, LeBron James is down eight, and then, uh, you know, the referee maybe swallows his whistle or calls a bunch of fouls to get LeBron back in the game. I wouldn't mind the NHL kind of adopting that same thing. To give me Vegas versus Tampa, that I think that would really be electric for the league. Uh, getting Vegas in there again, um, and then uh, give me more Nikita Kucherov on uh, on TV. That's what I want. So hopefully, hopefully the refs will abide to uh, some some shady back alley refereeing um, agreements. That's what I, that's what I want is those two teams. So make it happen, NHL. Let's sell some let's sell some uh, some T-shirts. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as Red Wings fans, we know that uh, they're not shy about fixing uh, certain things. So why not fix the <laughs> Cup playoffs? Uh, now, if you need some fixing down below, head on over to Manscaped.com hey! and check out that lawnmower 3.0. Uh, it is the third generation trimmer uh, featuring the cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Mike, I go to town. I'm a willy. My willy dilly. Uh, oh, this thing really? you really can. Oh, that's right. Didn't mean it that way. I meant when you're shaving down there. Um, not going to town on my willy-dilly right now. Uh, or in that sense that everybody was probably thinking, Mike, are you down in mimosas during our Manscaped ad? I am feeling it. Uh, wow. That is, that is not a mimosa. That is a tequila sunrise, my friend. Holy mackerel. Mike, Hang on. Thing. You yeah. could... I'm not saying that you should do this, but Mike, that that lawnmower 3.0 is so safe. I even buzzed. I, Under I the influence, safe, I yeah. can feel safe putting my dingus in the hands of the lawnmower 3.0. Like uh, we we've been talking about it for weeks and months. Uh, this thing really does cut you so nice and and close and clean. It really leaves me feeling more confident, over almost overly confident, where I feel like I can put my dingus in a real lawnmower and come out okay. <laughs> This did not work. Stick with the <laughs> manscaped. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, you don't need to use a real lawnmower, Mike, because this thing has a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. So oh. there it is right there. Do you want to use a real lawnmower that's really loud or quietly stroke in that area? I, I would go with the quietly stroking. Uh, it's got that beautiful charging stand, the LED light to light up down there. Your lawnmower's not going to be able to do that, but the lawnmower 3.0 can. If you want to make sure you're lit up down there so you don't miss a spot, for you and yours, uh, you know, you're, you're not just cutting for yourself. Go to manscaped.com, use promo code THPN that gets you 20% off and free shipping. Promo code THP, uh, THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network, that's uh, 20% off and free shipping. And, I, you know, if you want to support the show and you want to support your balls, manscaped.com and that promo code. All right, Mike. It is time to redraft the 2013 NHL draft. Mike, this is uh, Steve Eisman's fourth draft. Um, I, I I will say, I think I, we just talked about it before we started recording, yeah. uh, that some folks might come back and say, no, Eisman has done no wrong. He drafted people that are playing NHL hockey. But, uh, I mean, compared to what we've seen in the past of back-to-back drafts of Vasilevsky and Kucherov, uh, this one, uh, Adam Ernie, and then, of course, uh, Jonathan Druin, who uh, certainly did not pan out uh, of being a top-ten draft pick. Just crossing your fingers and hoping that... Um, look, I, again, you don't, you don't look at Jonathan Druin's production and say, man, what a terrible hockey player. We know he's not terrible, but we're not going to be thrilled if we pick up Marco Rossi and he's running around with Jonathan Drew in numbers and becomes a guy that we trade to the Montreal Canadiens eventually. So I think I think we can just get on board that this was kind of a couple of misses for, for Steve. And even though Adam Ernie is following Steve over to uh, Detroit, Again, not a difference maker uh, in regards to being like a part of a franchise core. I think ultimately th- those are the kinds of things we're looking at when we're when we're dissecting Steve Eisman's drafts. How many core players does he pick up in first rounds and later rounds? This was a couple of misses in regards to picking up core players. That's probably the best way to, to, to look at this. Eisman has done a great job of picking up core players that are about to go win the Stanley Cup. This draft did not do any of that so um moving on we got eight eight players played 400 plus games which again as we continue along uh, and get closer and closer to 2020 uh now that we're in the 2013 draft we know this number is going to drop just because guys aren't playing as many seasons some are still developing uh as as uh, mike and i just learned some guys are getting their first season this year think about that drafted in 2013 you don't play till 2019 six years of development Um, man, when we say the Red Wings are five years out from being contenders, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. It's guys in our system that are, that are, that were, you know, when we started this podcast, we're six years away from being fully developed. Um, all right. So Mike, I like what you did here. Do you want to take over on the scouting department winners? Yeah. I mean, uh, looking at this draft, uh, I mean, this is, uh, this is the Nathan McKinnon draft, right? And it feels like a lot of those folks in the top 10, you basically got a player and that was it. And it's fine. I mean, if you're Colorado, you're like, uh, we're good. We don't need a couple guys who played a hundred games. How about we take one of the best players in the league? Um, but there's a team, Matt, 
there's a team that actually found by God three people and drafted them uh, all in the same year. Incredible. And that team is the Red Wings, man. Woo! Um, so we didn't even have, we weren't even one of those teams blessed with the top ten pick, and sometimes we're not even blessed with a top three pick, um, as this year can attest to. Uh, but Matt, moving on, uh, the Red Wings <laughs> in this same year. Uh, this is the year we got Mantha, uh, you know, all the way at, at number twenty in the first round. So I think a lot of teams would kind of you know be a little jealous of that, right? Yeah. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi buried in uh, you know the in the fifties there. And then, uh, man, he never really panned out for us. And slap me silly, this will be uh, 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 Michael Botch, number one. Uh, Matthias uh, Janmark, who never really played for us. Uh, but he's still, you know, pretty good for the Stars. Uh, yeah, you know, like 25 to 30-point seasons. Uh, it's just that seeing that all those other teams basically had one and done and the Red Wings to draft, you know, uh, you know three competitive uh, league ready players that's uh Two top i'm gonna, call, six that, I'm gonna call that an accomplishment for sure yeah um i would say uh also in this group of uh scouting department winners matt we're gonna put the capitals in there um you know they got andre burakovsky but they also drafted a uh key cog for your detroit red wings matt madison bowie Wait, don't call me bowie um uh, big fan hmm. of his um and then uh, I think we had one other note here. You know, we had Colorado, Calgary, Vancouver, and Florida. You know, they all got, you know, one amazing player. But I'm going to give credit to the Red Wings and the Caps um, for at least getting a couple guys in the Caps for uh, grooming a defenseman that has been very beneficial to the Red Wings. Um, I guess we could kind of dive into the losers. Again, this one was kind of tough because it felt like a lot of teams basically had one and done. Uh, so if you got that one player, you were golden. But uh, looks like we just got Minnesota here, Matt. Not not a lot of note uh, here for Minnesota. Um, you know, a handful of man games played. That's kind of how we keep track of this stat. Um, so even if the guy doesn't end up panning out for your team, you know, maybe you still, you know, had that um, that fine jeweler's eye and you were able to kind of, you know, sift through the sand to find that, you know, that little diamond in the rough. Uh, but Minnesota did the opposite of that and came home with a bag full of sand. Matt, speaking of sand, speaking of jewels, speaking of, I know we've already done our Manscaped plug, but Matt, every week we like to do the diamond, <laughs> Tetsuk, diamond in the rough winner, um, a guy who's a little bit yeah. buried in the draft, and then uh, lo and behold, he comes up smelling like Tetsuk roses. So Matt, who smelled like Tetsuk roses in this draft? Well, it's it's tough to say because – uh, we we picked a guy, but I I still I still don't like our pick because we we basically just said all right, well let's just start by points and then keep going down until somebody made it past the second round. Um, and actually we could have just said Jake Gensel because that's probably a much better because it's only three picks away. I'm changing it right now. It should be Jake Gensel. We we did Gensel uh, the human pretzel. That's we, what put I'm Anthony, about. we put Anthony Duclair, who is going to be a big restricted free agent. Uh, it, it's a big decision for the Ottawa Senators. It's a guy who destroyed. Uh, Tory Crew coattail. Come on down to Detroit. Woo! <laughs> well, I, I'd be afraid to, to, to throw a restricted free agent uh, like Duclair. I, I don't the, want to give up too much for the Duclair. Future. That's fine. Here's, um, but, uh, so Anthony Duclair is not a terrible player, but now that I'm looking at it and we're talking about the difference of three picks, yeah. And 
you get the production of, you know, like the point per game production of a Jake Gensel compared to Duke, Duclair. I think, I think it's an easy switcheroo to make here. Um, so yeah, I mean, you guys can, you know, whoever's listening right now, you can kind of roll your eyes or get excited about either side of this. If, uh, if you thought Anthony Duclair should have been the dead soup diamond in the rough, or maybe, uh, Maybe we made the right choice right now as I just quickly pivoted to Jake Gensel. But um, either way, it's not it's not necessarily meeting our normal, I don't know, d- decision tree of, you know, a guy way late in the draft and, and did pretty well. So I, I, yeah. I still think this is a pretty tough draft to even find a dead soup diamond in the rough. It seems like these scouting departments are really locking in. And yeah. also there's a lot of guys that are still developing. And I think this is the first draft that we ran into where uh, that that has become a problem, and it actually worked its way worked its way into like my draft board where I'm 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 trying to find guys that had actually pretty good this past season and look like they could be moving forward, but uh, you know not not anything where we're seeing from the get go. Uh, even even with Nathan McKinnon. Uh, and we'll talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this right now, because even from the get-go for Nathan McKinnon, uh, I think it's easy to say uh, that he's arguably the best player in the NHL right now. Uh, but he put himself in kind of a, a contract. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a stranglehold on himself, because he's getting this. Uh, so here's what I'm saying. He, he's winning our Good Boy Award at $6.3 million a year. So... Not, nothing could be more good boy than being one of the best players in the NHL and getting paid half of what Connor McDavid's getting paid right now. Uh, he didn't do it as a favor to the Avalanche. He did it because the Avalanche uh, are, played the game that the Red Wings are hoping to play with like getting Zadina's contract rolling. Put him in a situation where he isn't fully developed, but you're going to renew his contract in a couple of seasons now instead of it being further seasons down the line where you wait for his production to go up. So... That's what the Avalanche did. They absolutely nailed it. And even though they just got eliminated, you have to believe that they're going to be huge buyers in the free agent market this year to make an absolute monster of a team. I mean, like Miami Heat of the, you know, uh, Chris Bosh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade era, like a monster of a team uh, is is coming for Colorado. But uh, yeah, all that wrapped together. Good boy award goes to Nathan McKinnon because, uh, you know, the Avalanche paid him before he did turn into the best player in the league. And uh, he's going to get paid soon. He's just got to wait a few more years. And goddamn, if the Avalanche don't <laughs> don't pay him for all of these amazing seasons, well, yeah. pieces of shit. Um, so they've got to win their cup in the next couple of years because soon they're not going to have enough room to, uh, to add to this team. <laughs> you kind of, yeah, I mean, looking at, Looking at these numbers, it's uh, just eye popping. Like what, uh, what a a, a a bargain the Avalanche are getting um, financially <laughs> for this guy. Um, yeah, they absolutely need to cash in and just like sign free agents, basically who have like you know just give them like two or three year deals until McKinnon's deal is up in twenty three twenty four. Um, but yeah, I, I mean. They signed him early, but it's stuff like this that kind of, you know, one of the tale as old as time uh, debates that we have on this show is, um, you know, hockey contracts being way too long. And it's kind of like you want to find that, that sweet spot between like what the NFL does to their players versus, you know, like maybe the NBA. Um, 
where the NFL sometimes you'll see like absurd, uh, like, you know, some guys given 300 million over three years, but only one year is actually guaranteed for that crazy high salary. And then they end up just releasing them after, you know, year one. Right. Um, so obviously you don't really want that in hockey because hockey has such a, um, you know, there's so many crazy things that can go on with, you know, puck luck and weird bounces and weird injuries. And so I don't think you'd want to get into that NFL territory where it, it's, it's, uh, I, I've got, I would call it abusive, uh, the way those contracts are designed for the, you know, even the top players. Um, and maybe try to lean a little bit more towards the NBA who, um, they used to allow all their owners, uh, to sign, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten year deals. Um, and then what would happen is these, you know, like average players would have these awful contracts, uh, eat up the salary cap, um, and make the league less competitive because there are all these guys eating up all the cap space. So I think you want to kind of find that middle ground. Um, and then especially for your good players, allow them to be able to have that power to, you know, maybe renegotiate if you're basically getting, um, you know, uh, a, a point and a half almost, you know, per game, like Nathan McKinnon to let him, um, you know, make it easier for him to kind of uh, like bet on himself and get a new deal. Cause this is, this is, this is a, a borderline criminal uh, what they're spending on him. So maybe at least ownership will, you know, kind of double down and, um, trying to fill out that roster with other really competitive players while they're on the affordable McKinnon deal. But uh, this is one of those examples where it's kind of like, whew, you know, uh, when, when do we negotiate that, uh, that CBA again? So let's, uh, let's think about that. Uh, Matt, uh, kind of moving on here, uh, you know, a, a silly dubious award that we like to talk about because uh, when we first started keeping track of these, we had uh, Yuri DePita who got drafted at 29. Um, a guy who could, uh, upon his drafting, uh, could rent a car, and he had four years of car rental experience uh, mm -hmm. at, at 29. Uh, this year was just exciting because they came from uh, Tampa Bay, so, you know, Steve Iserman was uh, the culprit of these old-timers, but it's not as exciting as Yuri. They're not 29. They were 21. Uh, they got a goalie, uh, Christers uh, uh, Gudlewski. Yeah, you know, he's, he's played like three games, you know. Uh, but my favorite, uh, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned him because his name is Joel Vermin, the rat himself at age 21, uh, you know, snuck his way in and, you know, followed the cheese to uh, almost uh, 20 games played. So pretty exciting for Mr. Vermin. But Matt, uh, we've tackled, I think, all the categories in this one. Um, and I, I guess, you know, you're claiming that I took the first pick last time so i guess i will i'll let you uh i'll let you take it this time you're welcome yeah, i'm pretty sure it's three drafts in a row mike has taken the first <laughs> take and that, i just like like when i went back and listened to it you're just like so you had uh the first pick last week so i will take and it's just like we, there's no discussion you were just like all right so i'm taking all right uh mike i have the first pick this week so i'm taking nathan mckinnon number one uh a lot of research I mean, went into that one yeah uh i mean the 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 conversations are out there now of of is he actually the best player in the league uh better than Con Connor mcdavid so uh and then of course his production in the playoffs we talked about before we started recording is gretzky like so nobody's had that sort of production uh since since gretzky in the playoffs so yeah uh give me nathan mckinnon at number one mike you got number two 
I, you know, we try to do these. I think we objectively, even if we kind of hate the team, I think there's maybe one instance where we, we screwed over a team. Um, but uh, in this case, Florida, you know, they wanted a center. Most of the best players in this draft were centers. Um, they originally took Alexander Barkov. I, I don't know if they would look at, you know, uh, um, you know, the hindsight being 2020, looking at what was available um, and undo this Barkov pick. Um, you know, looking at some of the other top centers available, he had like the apex uh, point-wise. You know, he had the 96 bomb last season um, at just 23. Um, you know, he had 62 and 66 games in the in the COVID season. Um, you know, he's up there for the Selkie. He's up there for the heart. He's, uh, you know, up there for being an all-star. But, Matt, he actually took home one of our beloved Datsuk uh, trophies, the Lady Bing. Woo! Matt. Sticking at number two. I don't know if we've ever done this before, but for the first and second pick, I think we're right on the money. I don't think you really need to, to be Florida and be like, uh, let's go in another direction. I think uh, the only reason that you would be de deterred, not turd like a poop, but like deterred, D-E-T-E-R-R-E-D, uh, from Barkoff is he kind of has uh, kind of a creepy face. Uh, but as long as he's wearing his helmet and his, his face shield, I think you're going to be okay. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a guy who can, you know, lead, uh, Florida out of the doldrums. So Matt, I, I can't, I couldn't talk myself out of not doing Barkoff at number two. We didn't have to adjust a goddamn thing. I, I think the only thing that, and th this is, this was my number two guy on my draft board that I'm about to pick. So I, it's hard to argue. Uh, but then who I'm about to pick, which is Seth Jones is now rated as one of the top defensemen in the league. So I, I, his, his draft day and his existence with uh, the Nashville Predators, I, man, did that, I, I don't know. It, it, it's a weird start to a guy's career, but to see what he's turned into with the Columbus Blue Jackets with all of the drama, I think that started, um, that started his career. I, I just, yeah, hundred percent Seth Jones. I'm, I'm going with him. Number three. I, I, I thought he was my number two. Uh, but Barkov's not a, a terrible number two. I, I think if you're getting that two-way forward, like we've talked about before, like how much more valuable that is than just a scoring forward. Uh, but you're getting, you know, Barkov who produces and can play two ways. But here I, I'm talking a guy that's going to be a, a Norris candidate for, you know, the next five, six seasons, uh, however, I'm however say eight long. seasons. Eight seasons. Uh so, however long he, he stays at that, you know, that they talk about the uh, maxing out and then the drop off. Uh, so he's still within that realm where he could still actually get a little bit better. Uh, I think statistically he might actually already be in the drop off point. Uh, anyways, but yeah, I, I'm taking Seth Jones. This is the guy who's going to be a Norris candidate for years to come. Uh, so he's going number three. Mike, you got number four? It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one, man. Um, because this is where, uh, uh, goodness gracious, uh, this is where Seth Jones originally got taken uh, for Nashville. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't talk myself into. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I want Darnell Nurse, Matt. I, I don't know if I want uh, Ristolainen from from Buffalo. I. 
I, I gotta, of the guys we've drafted, we are, we, we vaguely look at point share uh, sometimes because we sneak a goalie into the top 10. That's not going to be the case this season. Uh, but, but coming in not far behind Nathan McKinnon and just a, just a, just a, just a chef's kiss above uh, Alexander Barkov is Calgary Flame Center, Sean Monahan, And Matt, I, I'm going to sneak him in there. Um, he didn't get to, you know, unseat number two, uh, Barkov, because he doesn't quite have the apex numbers. Um, yeah. But he's still, you know, he's still getting about a point a game a um, couple seasons here. Um, he's a dude who's, who's um, you know, got a couple 82 gamers under his belt. Um, not a winner, but, you know, a guy we're going to hold in high esteem because he, he – <laughs> Uh, is a contender for those Lady Bing awards, but if you're scoring, you're you're a gentleman. I I'm gonna do it. I I know that we kind of like to have that positional consist consistency, but I, I mean this is like the the second guy for point share. Um, and you know like we've been saying, it's it's kind of hard to even accumulate these stats because this is a pretty recent past that, yeah. that we're looking at. But uh, give me Monahan. He's going number four. Okay. I I that's. I mean, Monahan had the drop off, but he's also had the 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 blow up season. So it, it just kind of turns into what you know. Did, did he just not play enough games this year to like catch up to what he did the the season before? So I I think there's there's enough questions there and enough good hockey to make that a you know, that that's a, a very good pick. Um, okay, so I've got also, the Hurricanes. Real quick, he is leading this draft class in goals, including more than Nathan McKinnon. So just throwing that out. I'm throwing it back at you. All right. <laughs> Hurricanes, Hurricanes take uh, Elias Lindholm. Uh, if I head over to my draft board, um, I'm looking at my number five guy on the list, and there's a lot of recency bias here because of how wonderful he's playing with the Vegas Golden Knights right now. Um, and getting uh, the game-winning goal uh, in, uh, in the Game 7 game. So uh, I think everybody knows where I'm going with this, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going Shea uh, Theodore, and uh, this this is again I I think a lot of recency bias being thrown in here, but I I'm just so high on him right now, and uh, I I I just I I think there were a lot of good defensemen that came out of this draft, so now I'm taking another one uh, after I had the nice and easy Nathan McKinnon pick, but uh, yeah. Uh, I could probably get torn to pieces with this, but I, I think Taylor is proving right now in the playoffs. Like it, it's like he's becoming a man. Uh, and uh, yeah, if, if that's all it took was uh, leading your team to the Western conference finals for me to say that you, you are a great hockey player, then, then damn it. That's what I'm going to say. So give me Shay. <laughs> Snag him. Um, that takes me to uh, Calgary. And uh, their boy is off the board. The uh, the this draft's uh, leader in goals and Monahan he gone. Um, but Matt, how many times have we seen Calgary kind of have you know some some pretty straight shooters in the regular season, right? A couple mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe throw a little flurry in there, right? Huh? I already know where you're going. No, you don't. You crazy so and so, Matt. I want a guy who does a little more, right? Maybe a guy who is not so focused on the regular season. He had, he's pretty good. But I want a goal who – I want a guy uh, – just uh, – uh, uh, 
Uh, I just outed myself, I think. Matt, I, I said goal because he, he we had the recency bias. He uh, has been rocking and rolling in this playoffs um, until the um, uh, the end of their, their run here. I want to recognize a guy with an excellent first name and a last name that's almost as good. Matt, Bo Horvat. I'm taking him. I don't care. Go ahead and laugh at me. Uh, but anytime you got 10 goals in one playoff season, I'm, I'm taking them. Um, I think Calgary is, is fed up with these, you know, pretty good regular season stars. And I, I think they want a guy who's, you know, lacing them up and putting his Manscaped balls on the table in the playoffs. Uh, so give me Bo. <laughs> I, know his, I know his regular seasons aren't quite there yet, but it, it kind of feels like he's, he's kind of churning that momentum. He's, he's getting to that point where he's, he's going to be a guy we can count on. Um, and he's, uh, you know, one of those guys that we like who actually plays the games. Uh, you know, uh, the 82, 81, 82 here um, in this, you know, past couple seasons. And then, you know, shortened in COVID. But, you know, he's at right at the 69 games. So he probably would have had another 82 under his belt. Um, they want some consistency. They want some playoff scoring. Let's help out Calgary, Matt. I'm giving him the bow. Bow, bow. I, I like it. I mean, I – What's funny is I put Bo actually higher in my draft board, uh, and then I got shy about taking him. So <laughs> I I like him. I I, I think uh, I think that's a great pick. I, I just uh, like I said I, I got shy taking him because again I was gonna let recency bias get in the way. Um, so the Oilers take uh, Darnell Nurse, and I'm glad you didn't take him earlier, Mike, because I I wouldn't have. But uh, <laughs> uh, we we've got um, we've got. I'd say we've got a couple good options here to go uh, to go instead of uh, Darnell, and I I think I'm gonna go a little outside the box because I think it, there's I don't know I I can't decide which direction I want to go and if I want to go like oh I I know more than anybody so I'm gonna take this guy or I just take the guy that was a pick later which would be Rasmus Ristolainen. Um so I'm also deciding between Rasmus and Brett Pesci and I kind of want to go I can make it easy for you and let you have Rasmus um and you know what you know what Mike I'm I think I'm gonna do it yeah Brett Pesci give me Brett Pesci I'm taking a look at everything that's going down here uh I mean solid on the defensive side of the ice and when you look at what carolina is able to do when they shut down one side and pepper the net on the other side um it's the transitional passes it's the ability to to lock down who you're playing from your own uh end of the ice so i'm gonna give that to the oilers who uh have proved in the past that they can't even even in their high draft picks can't seem to figure out how to find a defenseman so Let's give him a solid defenseman here in Brett Pesci. <laughs> um, Matt, I think this is going to be, for me, I, I don't get to do this very often, but um, we get to pat Buffalo on the back. Um, wow, look at this crazy so-and-so. Matt, I see you taking notes for your next pick. Go ahead and have them. Um, Matt, following suit with uh, the Florida Panthers, I, you want a defenseman? here in Buffalo. Um, I I don't think that they're necessarily going to be too upset with Rasmus. No, nope. I'm doing it. I don't give a, I don't give a goddamn. Matt, give me Rasmus. Um, <laughs> he's one of those, um, 
defenseman that I like a lot. Uh, he's uh, in the mold of, um, you know, Mo Sider, uh, just a big boy, you know, 6'4", 200 pounds of uh, pure man meat, slapping other man meat. Um, and, you know, he's, uh, he's you know, priorities defense. So he's, you know, every season you're going to count on, you know, about, you know, maybe five to ten goals, uh, maybe some, you know, maybe like 30 assists. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be a big boy, play defense for you. Um, and he's going to be that guy that it's, you know, it's going to be hard to skate around because he's got the, the long reach. Um, so I think Buffalo is going to cling to him like grim death and they're going to redraft him, uh, knowing what other options they had, knowing that there's a special somebody coming at number nine and an even more special somebody getting picked at number 10 for my last pick. That's what I, ah, uh, see, I did that cause I thought you'd get what I was doing there for you. Yeah. I think if you if you honestly took a look at it, um, and you're comparing the two players that we're about to take at nine and ten, so I, I'll just start typing in who Mike's taking. Yeah, Matt um, <laughs> <I> New. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So, is it if you look at the point production, like I I think some some people would laugh us out of the building and they'd go, "Are you kidding me?" Now compare the two teams that these two players have to play on. And I, I think we're also talking about the difference of, of a guy who's playing a little bit more physical than uh, my number nine pick is playing more physical than the number 10 pick. And there's also been some injury issues with my number nine pick compared to the number 10 pick. Um, at least, you know what, I'm going to say more injury issues because I know Jake isn't always a thousand percent healthy, but um, I, I'm, I'm taking Anthony Mantha at nine and I, I think... I think this is one of those instances where the Red Wings, you know, you're you're trying to push guys up. You know, you, can your second rounders actually look like first rounders? And can your late first rounders get pushed up, you know, 10 spaces? And I think this is one of those instances. And if there's a guy that uh, the Red Wings have right now that could be a part of the core, it's Anthony Manta. Now, we've made the case throughout the season that maybe you trade Anthony Manta because of the timeline of do you pay him now and then you're stuck with this contract as he starts to decline because again, our timetable for um, competitive, consistent competitive Red Wing hockey is five years. Uh, well, you, if you make the argument that we're only three years away, then yes, Anthony Mantha makes sense. Uh, so if, if we're wrong about that five-year plan, uh, then absolutely. Anthony Mantha is your game changer for the Detroit Red Wings. He's a piece of your core and I guess we'll be winning the cup in three years. Uh, but that's not to take anything away from Anthony Mantha. Some team should be paying for Anthony Mantha to to be, you know, let, let's let's be successful right now. He'll be a top six forward. He'll be a part of my power play. I mean, damn, the, the guy is is nothing to sneeze at either on the defensive side. I, to, if somebody looked me in the eye right now and said that he he's a good two way forward, I'd be on board with that too. So Anthony Mantha at number nine, a hundred percent, Mike. You're number 10. I'll do it for you. It, I'm just kidding. It is, Jake Gensel. That would be. it is Jake Gensel. It is Jake Gensel. It is more than him uh, partially carrying a um, uh, uh, fantasy hockey team or two uh, for me. Um, <laughs> he did get shuttled back and forth a little bit, and it was kind of a, a sneaky acquisition on my part because when he did get the call up, all he did was put pucks in nets. Um, but, yeah, I – Jake, he's, uh, you know, he's had a couple seasons with uh, boo-boos and kind of getting, you know, jettisoned a little bit. Um, but it looks like he's starting to figure it out. The two seasons where, you know, the injury bug didn't bite, um, 
you know, he had the full 82s. Uh, you know, he actually already has a 40 goal season under his belt. Um, you know, at 25, that's something, uh, you know, I think Mr. Mantha would, uh, you know, aspire to do. Um, yeah, he, he scores a lot. I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh. Uh, Jake started to get a little bit more um, uh, FaceTime, you know, as, as, as Crosby, you know, gets older and he, he kind of seems to be breaking down every season. Um, and they kind of turn to Jake, not necessarily on, on face-offs. Um, you know, he, he does okay on those, but they, they list him as a center, but I feel like he gets a lot more time as a wing. Um, I, I think that lets him focus on scoring goals a little bit. He kind of reminds me of a Robbie Fabry on uh, like cocaine and Red Bull, um, just because the production's a little bit higher. Um, he's slightly better defensively. You know, he's, he's not a minus like our boy Robbie, but I think if, if Robbie kind of is, you know, looking at his peers, I think this is a guy that, you know, you know, same, similar age, uh, you know, similar skill type. And, you know, maybe I can start, you know, putting some pucks in that like Jake is, um, you know, and then it's, it, it doesn't hurt that, you know, basically his first, um, uh, like his introduction to the, the playoffs, he got to go play for a cup. Um, you know, he had the 21 points in 25 games, and that's uh, pretty staggering, uh, impressive yeah. numbers uh, for Jake. So, you know, he's got the regular season stuff. He's got the playoff resume. Uh, he's just got to, you know, stay on the ice and, um, and you know, kind of get out of the way of that shadow of, you know, Crosby and Malkin. But I, I like Gensel a lot. Um, and, again, I, I can't think of enough for uh, being that, that sneaky good acquisition for my fantasy hockey team. So, thank you, Jake. You are pick number 10. You are going to help out the Dallas Stars who originally took. Who cares? Because now they get Gensel. So, Matt, that is one. that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, that was our top 10. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, any uh, UC Saros fans, uh, any Tristan Yari fans, we apologize. We just, uh, I didn't think there was enough there to draft a guy any, in, uh, in the top 10. Tyler, hockey face, Bertuzzi fans, we're sorry. You know what? What's going to be fun, Mike? I, I was just looking at the 2014 draft, so I know this is stupid and we should just wrap up. But, um, <laughs> like, Thatcher Demko, who just almost single-handedly took out the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Elvis Merslikens and Igor Shesterkin are all like the top, top goalie prospects. Do we take one of them in the top 10? That's something to tune in and look out for. I, I think that that'll be fun because those, those are three guys that, uh, at least with Thatcher Demko, we, we had a pretty good highlight reel uh, to, to point to. But uh, thanks for tuning in again, everybody. And uh, we, will, uh, we will have the interview with um, Hayden Carpenter. Uh, to talk about uh, European hockey and how that's affecting the Detroit Red Wings uh, coming next week. So make sure you tune into that. That'll be available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and uh, our YouTube channel, which uh, if you uh, wanted to go check that out, uh, we've got some pretty fun graphics and uh, videos going up. Also, our wrestling stuff goes up there as well. So if you are a wrestling fan, go check that out. And that is just the Brothers of Discussion uh, on YouTube. All right. Thanks, everybody, for checking it out. Have a good one. <laughs>